Good morning, church. Last week, I shared with you that we would be spending the next five Sundays unpacking the theme of discipleship from different perspectives, each week reflecting through the lens of stories found in gospel. So for those taking notes or like me who just like a good clear plan, here's a single word for each of the Sundays, providing kind of a quick roadmap of where we've been and where we're going. Last week, our word was following. Today, our word is connecting. Next week is responding. After that, listening. And finally, at the end of the month, praying. Five different ways to look at perhaps what it might mean to us to claim that we are followers of the way of Jesus, of leaving, learning how to live into being a disciple. Last Sunday, we focused on the word following. I shared some of my own personal challenges with the concept on the whole, and I suggested that we consider a path to discipleship by attending to what is here and now, right in front of us. A path both inward into our deepest selves and then moving boldly out into the world, risking, in fact, our own comfort at times for the sake of a greater good, a greater love. I implored us to stand up, to speak out, and risk whatever it takes to put God's love in the center of our lives in everything we say and in everything we do. Today we move on to the word connecting. So to get to our word for the day, we need to start with the gospel and Jesus' game plan for the 70. We hear him appointing and sending out 70 followers or more accurately, 35 pairs, as it were, on a kind of spiritual reconnaissance. Here's the mission. Take no baggage. Okay, I'm already challenged by that one. Take no baggage. Stay only where you are welcome. Eat what is offered. Cure the sick. And proclaim the kingdom of God is near. And there it is for me. Kingdom of God. Yet another phrase from our Christian lexicon that has always made me just a little uncomfortable. What does that phrase really mean? It still seems important. It's still at the heart of Jesus's why, if you will. I just want to find a way to reclaim it. And in case you struggle to, this sermon might be for you. Of course, over the years, in fact, now over the decades, I have learned to become quite efficient at doing some mental gymnastics and reframing the phrase in less militaristic, less paternal, and less hierarchical terms while appreciating the differences between first and 21st century contexts. But yet, and still, I have never, truth be told, be wholly satisfied with that kind of reclamation. So, as often is the case, I sat with my discomfort much of the week. And then I remembered two things, or more accurately, two people that have come across my path that have helped me. First is the life's work of theologian Ada Maria Pisasidies, and then the inspiring ministry of Father Gregory Boyle the founder of Homeboy Industries in East Los Angeles. 
Together, I think they point out a profound, faithful, and inspiring alternative leading us to today's word for our discipleship journey, connection. In the 1980s, while I was studying at Union Theological Seminary in New York City, I met a fellow student in my class who would forever change how I heard the phrase, Kingdom of God. Ada Maria Isase Diaz was the first person I had ever heard replace the word kingdom with kindom. You know the buying a vowel? It's the taking out of a consonant. Kindom. She explained that for Latinas, kingdom offered a description of liberation that was self-determining and dependent on the work and love found in what was called a base community. Ada Maria would go on to become a leading voice in liberation theology circles over the decades, authoring the definitive work of Mujerista theology, focusing on the liberation of Latina women. Kingdom, rather than kingdom, became the language that she used for the rest of her vocation to describe God's libertad, the liberation of God at work among people the good news for those who suffer at the hands of many kings. She wrote that for Latinas, this liberation emerges from opening up space where love invites us into kinship, into deep connection, an invitation to eat and drink at a common and ever-expanding table. Liberation, she wrote, is found not in hope deferred to another world, to life after death, but what can be created here and now through our common life, in essence, through our connections. In 1988, Jesuit priest Gregory Boyle founded Homeboy Industries, now the world's largest gang intervention, rehabilitation, and re-entry program in the world. This ministry has helped reshape the lives of thousands, not only in East Los Angeles, but through helping 147 other similar programs in the United States and 16 programs internationally, now creating the Global Homeboy Network. Boyle spends significant time reframing the phrase Kingdom of God so much so that it has made it into the title of his latest book, Barking to the Choir, The Power of Radical Kinship, in which he writes this. Homeboy wants to give rise not only to the idea of redemptive second chances, but also to a new model of church as a community of inclusive kinship and tenderness. At Homeboy Industries, we don't prepare individuals for the real world, we challenge it. For the opposite of the real world is not the unreal world, but the kinship of God. What if we cease to pledge our allegiance to the bottom line and stood instead right next to those who line the bottom? Through the wonderful, heartbreaking, and inspiring stories of this ministry, Boyle pleads the case that Jesus' teachings on the kingdom are really, at the end of the day, about one thing only. Jesus wants all to be one.
And so, as others have done, he too claims the phrase, the kinship of God, as the singularly most radical and transformative invitation connecting us to each other and to all of creation. No longer accepting the designations of us and them, just us. No longer accepting that there are good people and bad people, just people. No longer accepting that some are accepted and some are rejected. All of us broken, all of us blessed. And this is how I have arrived at our word for today, connected. I feel new freedom and joy as I'm able to put down years of resistance and instead take up the charge to be reignited as a follower, seeking to live more connected, embracing the kinship of God. Living the gospel then, as Boyle suggests, is less about thinking outside of the box and more about choosing to live in this ever-widening circle of inclusion. It seems clear to me, as we turn to the gospel text, that Jesus must want us to do the ministry we are sent out to do, being connected and grounded in mutuality, interdependence, and deep trust. We are not here to engage the work of healing and serving and loving and giving alone. We do it together, and in fact, we are dependent on each other. So how wonderful is it that Jesus sends the 70 out in pairs? Here's the kinship of God in spades. When one stumbles, the other can help. When one is lost, the other can ask for directions. When one is discouraged, the other one can find words of encouragement to keep the pair going. That's what we are here to do for each other as well. I want us to hold on to each other, to console each other, to sustain each other, to challenge each other, and even believe for each other at times of darkness and doubt. But you see, I need to hear this sermon as much as maybe some of you because I think we forget much of this much of the time. We forget about the radical invitation to be about kinship. We live in a culture that insists that it's all up to us as individuals. We are culturally programmed to believe it is up to us as individual, individuals to make things happen and to take care of ourselves. Jesus also commands the 70 to take nothing with them. These followers must depend on the generosity of others, the kindness of strangers for their meals, for a place to stay, for, well, just about everything. Most of us find such dependence uncomfortable. It makes us feel like we're not prepared, maybe unsafe, and definitely vulnerable. And I wonder, though, if that isn't Jesus' point in the end. I mean, we are vulnerable. Kinship of God is predicated on the notion that we show up fully as ourselves and for each other, and that we will indeed have all we ever need. All of which is why I believe that of the many gifts Jesus gives his disciples during these days we follow him on his way to Jerusalem, the lessons of reliance, and trust of connection may be some of the most life-changing. 
Benedictine nun and prolific author Joan Chittister summarizes this reality so much more beautiful than I ever could, this idea of connection when she writes the following. What we learn from the other, we learn about ourselves. The honor with which we regard the other unmasks our own theology of creation. The way we react to the needs of the other tells us something about our own needs. The attention we give to another exposes our real sense of the breadth and depth of the universe and stretches it beyond ourselves. We see in others the kind of commitment it takes to go on believing when our belief falters. We look to others for the kind of vision that expands our own beyond the daily. We depend on others for the kind of wisdom that exceeds mere answers. We hold on to others to find the kind of love that makes life rich with meaning certain proof of the everlasting love of a creator for whom there truly is no word. We must every day take others into the narrow little confines of our lives and listen to their call to us to be about something greater than ourselves. This, my beloved friends, is how I pray we grow into discipleship together, to be connected through our kinship so that we may indeed be about something greater than ourselves. May we seek and find ways to embrace the power of God's kingdom, extending the invitations to all to eat and drink at a common table, ever expanding. May we seek and find ways to embrace the power of God's kinship, breaking down barriers and choosing to live in an ever-widening circle of inclusion I give deep thanks for the gifts of community and connection here and the solidarity of others willing to risk independence or interdependence to walk in pairs day by day and for the inspiring story of a man who came not to start a fan club but a revolution of love in which everyone's names will indeed be written in heaven. May it be so.